Thank you for joining in to another Truth and Power. I'm Ryan Edberg, and this is Truth and Power. If you guys haven't checked out Kingdom Youth Conference, go check out kingdomyouthconference.com. See all the different cities and stuff that we're going to go through. Um, all throughout um, 2021 um, and then 2020, God was uh, telling me to preach on Shalom, which I couldn't fully understand at the time, but I understand now going back and looking through uh, those two years. And if you haven't uh, checked out um, the messages that I've done on Truth and Power here on Shalom, go back and check those out. Those are powerful. And I can see why God was having me preach them. And all of a sudden, um, this year, I asked God what he wanted me to preach. And I've really been getting the sense of the goodness of God. So I started to research some of that, and I've got some stuff today that I want to show you because a lot of people, they don't really understand what the goodness of God is. They say that he's a good God, and then all of a sudden, you know, something bad happens, and they say God's trying to teach you something. So is he good or is he not good? And then when it's something that's not good, like a sickness or a disease on you, and you say, you know, God's ways are higher than ours— it's it's really saying, I have no clue what I'm talking about, but I believe he's a good God because I sing about it, but then I, he's also bringing a disease or a sickness to teach me something, a family member that had passed away. Um, he's going to show me something through that. His ways are higher than ours. That doesn't sound like a good God. That sounds like um, a bipolar God. And it's really, it has nothing to do with God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but it has to do with our emotions and um, the way that we interpret scripture. So we have something happen, we don't know the word of God, and we just put it all under the category of God's doing this. Um, when we need to realize that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God's come to give you life and life more abundant, we start to understand and we research that um, the, the Bible promises that, you know, in this life you will have persecution. And um, in this life, you will have trouble, Jesus said, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So when we talk about the goodness of God, I'm not talking about just this, uh, you know, sunshine, rainbows, unicorn ponies, whatever you want to talk about, um, about this fairy tale land. I'm talking about what the scripture talks about, about the goodness of God and how we can thrive in a world that is chaotic how we can um, keep advancing and moving forward by what God's placed on the inside of us. So I want to talk about the goodness of God because Romans 2, 4 is important and it says that it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. So what does that mean? It's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. And I, I did another message on truth and power here on repentance and what does that mean? And we realize that it's the word uh, metanoia that they use in scripture that is actually the change the way that you think. So it's the goodness of God that doesn't uh, cause you to ball down or fall over, ball at the altars and never get up again because you find yourself worthless. That's not repentance. Repentance means to change the way that you think. Even when Jesus came out of the desert and started preaching, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And it, what he was saying is change the way that you think because now the kingdom of heaven is right here inside of me. And it's so close that you might miss it. Um, so we see that it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. You know, God was good to you before 
you even deserved it. When you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. Before you were even born, Christ died for you because he loved you. And a lot of people will take scripture and they'll use it as a club to, uh, you know, knock over people's heads, yell, turn or burn, and, uh, you know, just yell, hey, you're going to hell. Well, that may be true um, that if they don't f- accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they will go to hell. But we have to realize, is there a better way? Um, you know, Jesus never yelled at people that way. Um, he usually picked them up out of the dirt and said, your sins are forgiven. Now go and sin no more. And so we we have a different approach to uh, the gospel and preaching. I remember I was in San Antonio, Texas preaching. Um, and at the Alamo, there was a guy out there that said, you know, that uh, it was homosexuals, I think it said fags on it, all this stuff are going to hell, just really tearing people down and saying you're going to hell. Now, is it true that if they don't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they'll go to hell? Yes, it is. But I didn't see one person stop and want to talk to this guy um, because we really, we know as people with a conscience that what we're doing isn't right. And it's the Holy Spirit that will draw onto salvation. And so with this, it's the goodness of God that will get people to change their mind. It's when God, you know, sees this uh, sinner at the well with seven husbands and he says to her, I don't condemn you kind of a thing. Go and sin no more. It's what causes her to go and preach the gospel to everyone and say, come and hear this man. Um, it's, it's a whole different reproach. And you see that in Scripture in James 1, uh, 22 through 27, and then also 2 Corinthians 3, 15 through 18, it talks about um, looking into the Word of God as a mirror. And it talks about it's, it's like a man who looks in a mirror who when he uh, goes away forgets what he looks like. Um, they're comparing this to scripture. It's talking about we look in a scripture because the word is the only thing that will show you what you are really like. The world's going to tell you that you're not good enough, that you'll never make it. You're too fat. You're too ugly. You're too this. You're too that. You're a loser. And the word of God says that you are made in the image of God, that you have a plan and you have a purpose. And so we look into scripture as not a club to knock people over the head, but we look at it as a mirror to see who God says we are. And when we do that, um, it's such a powerful, powerful thing. Um, we did this, this, uh, this teaching back on truth and power about Jesus and his, his uh, meetings. And when he came down, he was teaching in the synagogue and in uh, Luke four sixteen, you read through this, and it, it says this. Jesus has come down, and then all of a sudden he comes into the temple. He picks up the scroll, and he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover the sight of the blind, to set the liberty to those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It says, and then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and all eyes were on him in the synagogue. And it goes in, and I was wondering, you know, why is it that all eyes were on Jesus? He, he 
picked up a scroll. He's reading from Isaiah, Isaiah 6, 61. Uh, it's Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. And it says the same thing. And the, these are Pharisees, Sadducees that have studied this their whole life. So why is this all eyes were upon him? Why is this that this is something that they've never heard or seen before? Why are they staring at him when he's read through what they've read through every single day? And if you go into and you read Isaiah 61, 1 through 2, it says the same thing. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open the prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then it keeps going. And, and you realize that all eyes were on Jesus because he didn't just stop in a chapter. He didn't just stop in a book. He didn't just stop. He didn't even stop um, at the end of a sentence. He stopped mid-sentence. The rest of Isaiah says, in, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And you realize that that's not what Jesus came to preach. He didn't come to preach the vengeance in the day of our God. Now, is Revelations 100% true and is judgment coming? 100%. Absolutely. But we're living in a time of grace where it's the goodness of God that's trying to draw everybody onto the saving power of Jesus Christ. That when Revelations happens and judgment happens, that more people are ready. And you look into John 3.16 and we skim over some of that stuff and it starts off even by saying, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It says, he who believes in, in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten son. We have to switch our thinking from going to God is condemning you to God is loving you so much that he saw that you were condemned because of the sins of Adam, that you're on your way to hell already. And he came not to condemn the world, but that anybody that believes on him might be saved. And this is exactly what that goodness of God that leads to repentance. When he's saying, I'm not condemning you, I'm setting you free. I'm setting you free from your sins. I'm, I've already uh, paid for your sins. I've already died for your sins. Now believe on me. That's a whole different mindset than thinking there's an angry God out there who's watching every single one of our sins. And it will really free you up in life, not to be free to sin, but free from your sins. And I wanna show you this here because we've talked about the different parables. Um, you go through Matthew 13 and you realize that there's different parables in Matthew 13. And it goes through Matthew 13, 14. It talks about, again, the kingdom of heaven is, is like a treasure hidden in a field when a man found and hid for the joy it comes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now, this parable is teaching you that the kingdom of God when you fully understand it, the kingdom of God is so close that you might miss it. Change the way that you think because the kingdom of God, it's that goodness of God that we've been talking about. When a man finds it, he hides it, 
goes, sells everything that he has and comes and buys that land. He'll give up anything to have that because it's the goodness of God. It's not this, you know, God's going to get you. He's going to throw lightning bolts. You know, he put cancer on your grandma so that, you know, now she's in heaven and the ways of the Lord's are. That's not something that you're willing to give up everything for. That's confusion. That's heartache. That's, that's not what the kingdom of heaven is. The kingdom of heaven is what Jesus was preaching. And it's the goodness of God where you saw the life of Jesus, love and forgive people and try to bring them onto repentance, try to bring them to change their mindset from where it was. That's what this parable is talking about. That when you actually hear about the kingdom of God is like this treasure, you're willing to do anything for it because it's too good to be true. At the series that we did on grace, go back and check that out as well on truth and power. But then go into Matthew 13, 45 through 46. And this is the pearl of great price. And this is different. Here, if you listen to this and just see if you pick up on it, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, this one's different than all of the other parables because it says, again, the kingdom of heaven, this isn't the treasure. This isn't the pearl. It says the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant when he found the pearl. See, this changes it. It's not somebody who found a treasure and sold everything to get the treasure. It is the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant that found a treasure. That treasure was you and me. It, it's not ta- The pearl of great price here is you and me that when he found it, he gave up everything and went and bought it. And that was Jesus Christ. When God found you and he said, this is a great value. I want to give up everything for this. I, I'm going to give my only begotten son for this pearl of great price. If you can pick up on this, this is huge. You are the pearl of great price. And you go into Matthew 5. And I've read this verse a lot, and I'm going to end with this. Matthew 5, 43 through 45, it says, You have heard what I said, you shall love your neighbor and you'll hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who who spitefully use and persecute you that you may uh, that you may be sons of your father in heaven for he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good he sends rain on the just and on the unjust now when you read this scripture we read it in our american mindset and it's totally wrong You read, I've read this so many times and think he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. And this is what most people are teaching in church is that, you know, God's going to bring this rain on your head. It's going to, there's going to be bad things that happen and it's a testing. It happens on the just and on the unjust. Rain in scripture is always, always, always a blessing. It's what saved Noah and got us to Jesus Christ. It was the grace of God that wiped out evil, that saved so that even Jesus Christ could walk on the earth through um, 
getting rid of wickedness. It, it's always been a blessing. And if you think of this verse in American context, you're going to miss it because we think I go to Walmart or to the grocery store and pick up all of my groceries. And when it rains, I can't go out and play. I can't go out and get my tan. You know, when it rains, it pours, people say. It's not what this is talking about. This is written in biblical times in a different culture where you need the sun and you need the rain for a massive crop. And when you get rain in a season, it's where you prosper because your crops will be massive. This is talking about the goodness of God that leads to repentance. And how can I prove that? The very beginning of what we read, it says, love your neighbor and pray for those. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. How is it gonna, God going to say, bless those that curse you, and then I'm going to bring judgment on the good and the bad alike? It's, it's talking about a blessing and a blessing. I cause the sun to shine, a blessing on the wicked and the righteous, and I cause the rain to fall on the just and the unjust alike. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. When people say, my crops are full and God has blessed me, even though I'm a sinner, I'm going to give my life to him. That's what this scripture is talking about. And we realize the goodness of God isn't, um, it's biblical. It's not this, well, persecution, you're a promised persecution, but we need to define what persecution is. It is never this um, lack of, poverty. It's not a sickness or a disease. The persecution was that they hated Jesus because he was he was changing things. And Jesus said, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. Why? Because you look just like me. So the persecution that you're going to feel is people coming against you because you're a Christian. The blessing of God remains faithful and the same, but people are going to persecute you. God is going to bless you, but people are going to persecute you. That is biblical. God is not going to persecute you. God is going to bless you. People are going to come against you, but you need to realize that he's overcome this world. So your breakthrough and your blessing is in him. So stay in him because that's where your breakthrough. And just think about that scripture. He makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. God is looking to bless people because of Romans, where it says it's the goodness of God that brings people to change their mind. And we have a mindset that God is a, an evil God, or he's, you know, confused. He's, he's blessing us one day, but teaching us through his sickness another day. It can be very, very confusing. So I hope this blesses you guys. Um, if you want to support what we're doing, We've got a bunch of youth conferences coming up. Um, go check out kingdomyouthconference.com. See the different cities. You can also donate to the ministry. And uh, we're going after this generation like never before. So given faith, let's, let's win back this generation. You guys be blessed, and we will talk to you soon on another Truth and Power.